At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we're rolling in three, two, one. Today on Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast, we have a topic and a guest that I've been trying to get on here for quite some time. And I do apologize for all those where this is a relevant topic. I'm sorry it took so long. We have on the show today, Dave Bona. Dave is a military veteran. He was a former member of the Royal Canadian Regiment, if I remember correctly, and uh, was poisoned with mefloquine. Dave, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. Dave, what is mefloquine? Mefloquine's an anti-malaria drug that uh, the Canadian Forces has been issuing from the early 90s. Um, it's been, it was uh, discontinued. Uh, from use approximately three years ago, directly as a result of our advocacy efforts. So when, uh, what tours were people given mefloquin? When did it start? Oh, uh, every, uh, like, like I said, it was in the early 90s. Uh, uh, first large-scale use in Canadian service was uh, in 92 in Somalia and Cambodia. Uh, there was a approximately a 90 personnel deployment to Cambodia that was issued it concurrent with the Canadian Airborne Regiment's deployment to Somalia. It's been issued up until just a few years ago uh, in every malarial uh, malarial affected deployment since then. So to give you an example of uh, places it has been issued, uh, is uh, Somalia, uh, Ethiopia, uh, Sierra Leone, um, Eastern Congo, uh, and places all the way in between. It was also uh, issued in Afghanistan, uh, Haiti, uh, Central America on the DART deployments into those areas. It, it, if you calculate up all the deployments with the uh, with the actual personnel that were on those deployments, uh, the numbers actually get quite high. We're 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 approximately about forty thousand Canadian soldiers have been exposed to this drug. And of the forty thousand, but what percentage have really bad adverse effects from the mefloquine? That that. Well, here's the thing. The, uh, because the side effects mimic PTSD in the government doesn't know. But if you look at some of the rat model testing uh, that's been done, uh, indicators are up to 74% of the actual 
people that have been exposed to this drug could potentially be injured by it. And currently living with a misdiagnosis of PTSD when in fact they have uh, what's called chronic quinoline encephalopathy, which is quinism, which is a brain stem injury. And if you have a brain stem injury and you're doing PTSD type treatments, it's not going to work. Like, for example, I myself, I did inpatient treatment programs for PTSD. I did intense uh, psychotherapy, you know, once a week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week to get my PTSD symptoms under control and nothing worked. It wasn't until uh, the longtime psychologist I was seeing stuck me, snuck me into a treatment protocol she was using for young Afghan vets that uh, were uh, suffering from TBIs, right. that I actually finally got relief from my symptoms. And so, uh, just for the audience, a TBI, traumatic brain injury, what is that? How would you define that? Uh, TBI? <laughs> I don't have a definition for that. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I think it's uh, my area. similar to a concussion, but I'm talking out of school. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it's when you get exposed to a blast injury, it's like people in a vehicle accident mm. where the body stops moving and the brain keeps on moving inside the brain cavity, you know, striking the inside well, of, the, uh, also of the, the skull. Also, the concussion from uh, large explosions, yeah. like if you've been right on the edge of an yes. explosion, or even firing that, a Carl Gustav anti-tank weapon, yeah. uh, that has enough yeah, concussion. And it actually, that's clinically proven. Firing the Carl Gustav yes. can cause brain injury. Yes. So, so basically, what I'm uh, the point of trying to get across here with the uh, uh, the mefloquine injury is is and this is where we're running into a lot, a lot of difficulties with this is because the symptoms overlap with uh, PTSD and TBI. You know, like there's such an overlap between all of these three different injuries that uh, in most cases, it gets every, like the TBI and the mefloquine poison get lumped in with the PTSD. Is there a way to diagnose mefloquine poisoning that's... Uh... So, Dave, do some people, because their genetics, because their heritage, have a predisposition uh, to uh, mefloquine poisoning? Yes. There are... Uh, what we know now is uh, people of, uh, for example, uh, Aboriginal backgrounds, uh, they have a higher incidence of injury from this type of drug just because they're systems aren't hardwired to safely uh, remove these drugs from their system. Um, people that have the lowest probability of uh, injury from these, these types of drugs, but it still happens, are people of uh, uh, oriental or uh, uh, colored background. Okay. Uh, and then it's, then it's the uh, people of European background. Uh, people of European background generally have a lower rate of injury than anyone else. It's just because the way they're for centuries, their their bodies are uh, genetically imprinted to like uh, uh, they're all like 
in the Middle Ages and that there was a lot of wine and uh, beer and stuff. Uh, so uh, they're used to flushing stuff. toxins like yeah. alcohol. Yeah, yeah, their bodies used to cleaning the alcohol out genetically, right? And whereas the uh, natives, we we don't have that in our uh, in our genes. So, and this is reflected in our today's society with the higher rates of uh, alcoholism. Uh, opioid addiction, you know, pharmaceutical addiction, uh, just the, the stuff affects natives differently than, uh, uh, people within European stock. Now, this so there's a genetic component to this. And to illustrate this, the Canadian forces on the last couple of deployments were actually testing people to see what their genetic makeup was, whether they were suitable for use with uh, uh, mefloquine. Now, mefloquine is part of the Quinn family of drugs. It's been used for a long yeah, time. Yeah, quinoline family of drugs. Yes. Yes. So, it, um, the quinoline family of drugs has another uh, member that has been recently quite famous: hydroxychloroquine. And w- w- <laughs> when I saw that coming out uh, as a potential yeah. treatment for COVID nineteen, of course, my radar went off because I've been listening yeah. to you and mefloquine. Uh, okay. Now, and I don't know if you're aware or not, but uh, being that they're both in the Quinn family, uh, do you, are, have you heard of any dangers of hydroxychloroquine causing yes. the similar yes. okay. similar injuries? What what we have to speak of before we talk about this is within our healthcare system, why mefloquine, why hydroxychloroquine, why chloroquine uh, stayed, stays, stays in the system for so long is the uh, adverse reaction, uh, reaction reporting structures and mechanisms that are in place. It's, it's totally inadequate. What we're finding now is uh, with the latest studies that are coming out, um, the one I've just read there, I think last week, that uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, will increase your chances of dying from COVID-19 by 27%. The American VA, they did a widespread study with hydroxychloroquine with their uh, veteran uh, populations that are, you know, in hospitals and stuff. And uh, the only thing they found was that it actually will increase the likelihood of you dying from COVID-19. Okay. I am not an expert on hydroxy now, or quint. Um, do, do, do you, happen to, what, do you happen, to, happen to remember the source of that study? Uh, the actual, the, the VA study was published by the American VA. Okay. Um, American Veterans I Affairs. A, yeah. It was there. And the, the 27% was, I can't even remember the, I can go look through my history and pull it up. That's all right. uh, But uh, that's that's close enough, Dave. And that's disturbing if accurate. Well, well, the thing is, it it comes down to like hydroxychloroquine. What hydroxychloroquine is, is a watered down version of chloroquine. And chloroquine has been issued for decades. It, it It was issued in Korea. It was issued in Vietnam. But what we're uh, finding now is uh, the, <laughs> the, 
that drug actually caused injury. Not as high a rate of injury as mefloquine, but it's acknowledged. That's where the word, the, the term chronic quinoline encephalopathy came from. It came from uh, people that have been poisoned by chloroquine. Now, encephalopathy, encephalopathy, that just means holes in the brain, doesn't it? Yeah, issues up top there. <laughs> now, so, what, what, being that we're talking about uh, some pretty serious damage, like damaging brain stem, holes in the brain, like holy shit. Yeah. Uh, what sort of treatments are available or is anything working? Well, what we're finding now is pharmaceuticals, because uh, pharmaceuticals by their very nature uh, are are, some of them are very neurotoxic. And if you have uh, damage to your brainstem, uh, say an antidepressant, uh, because it has the uh, slightly neurotoxic effects to it, it will actually increase your symptoms. Uh, it may numb you out, but your other symptoms will increase because what's happening is it's irritating that it's basically like putting salt. If you had a big open wound on the back of your hand, it, it's like putting salt on there. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. Oh. Man, oh man. Uh, so back to the treatment, oh, like are there treatments that are working? Yes. What we're finding is the, uh, one of the foremost, that well, how do you treat methylocum poison or chronic quinoline encephalopathy or this type of brain injury, okay? And, and that's what people have to get their ha heads wrapped around. This isn't a neuropsychiatric issue, okay? Treating mefloquine poisoning with antidepressants is like treating someone with a broken leg with antidepressants and after two weeks, expecting them to get up and run a marathon. Just doesn't work. That's it. Just doesn't work. The pharmaceuticals will actually, in most cases, cause further damage. Um, and like I've talked to people that have been, you know, from deployed to Somalia that have been on high dose pharmaceuticals, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. Like some of these guys. So pharmaceuticals aren't working, but is Are, but but is there anything uh, that is working though, Dave? Hang on, hang on. But the pharmaceuticals completely wreck them. Like they they okay. have methylene poisoning and this other issue now. Treatments that we're finding are working is you have to understand it's 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 not a neuropsychiatric, it's a physical injury. So what you have to do is just do the research. Tell people to do the research themselves. Research brain injury treatments. And what you're going to find is, it, and I'll just sum it up into a couple of little points, is healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, exercise. That's the, uh, the foundation of the management. But actual treatments, uh, what we're finding is Loretta Neural Feedback, and there's a complementary treatment associated with uh, Loretta Neural Feedback, which involves uh, PMF coils. And what these do is they generate magnetic fields that can be controlled by a computer in different frequencies that will have a different effect on the body. So you can put these coils over top of your brainstem and get your provider 
to request your provider to run central nervous system repair, which is a program that the people that uh, produce these PMF coils can run through the computer. Central nervous system repair, heavy metal detox, and there's another one for inflammation. Okay. And put and, and get them to run it, and it usually takes about three sessions, and then you'll see a significant reduction in your symptoms. Well, that's that's some because hopeful. what what it's good that there's what's hope. happening? Yep, because what's happening is is you're getting that the you're going right at the injury, and you're promoting uh, healing in the area. It's 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 promoting uh, like I said healing and inflammation reduction. Because when what we're noticing now is with this injury, if you eat things like uh, MSG, uh, like a lot of the manufactured sugars and stuff like that, those things give you instant full body inflammation response but you also have a neural inflammation response and when you have a neural inflammation response your symptoms will increase what happens is is automatically that your tinnitus the volume of your tinnitus will increase you'll you'll become easily confused you'll have difficulty uh, concentrating focusing on what you're doing uh, you'll become extremely moody <laughs> Like it's, uh, there's almost an instant response. When I get exposed to MSG or I have manufactured sugars that sneak into my system, I, I, I notice it right away. Right. Cause I've cleaned up my diet so much. Uh, yeah, I instant response and it's like, ah, fuck, here we go. And then I'm fucking wrecked for the rest of the day and I got to go, you know, do my, brain injury management test stuff just to get everything under control so they have a mephloquine rage and that. It's been an uphill battle getting the bat, the, the government to not... Yeah, government to, will not acknowledge us. Yeah. Anything, if you submit a claim to VA and it has mephloquine on it, it's automatically denied. Because If just, you have... They, they refuse to acknowledge it. Okay. They, the Department of Justice has taken over the mefloquine file. And you will notice every time that mefloquine is mem mentioned in Parliament, like Kathy Wagenthal, John Broussard, whenever they bring it up, the liberal whoever, minister, whoever is responding, whips out a piece of paper that's been provided to them by the Justice Department, and they re read that response. So you do have some politicians yep. that are on your side right now? Oh, yeah. We got Kathy Wagenthal, our, our uh, conservative uh, member of the Veterans Affairs Standing Committee. She's just a little bulldog. She's not letting this go. She Every every chance she gets, she brings it up in Parliament. Uh, John Broussard, uh, MP from Borden. Uh, oh, I can't remember that other guy. He's another guy from Saskatchewan there. Uh, not John Cummings. He's the guy that used to carry it before with Marge Macchi and uh, Scott Smith's mom from the mid to late 90s. Um, I can't remember that other doctor's name or MP that's a doctor. Uh, sorry about that. Um, 
But yeah, no, we got people fighting on our behalf, and, and it comes down to the Justice Department's taking over the file. They did their uh, cost-benefit spreadsheet and uh, the price tag from the health bill alone treating everyone that's been poisoned is going to run into the billions. So, so tell me about your that's activism. Not... I uh, keep seeing videos of you in front of the parliament building. Oh, activism. <laughs> yeah, activism. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of interesting. It sort of got like I, I realized early on when, I, when we started to bring this attention to the government that the government wasn't going to do anything about it. So uh, I had to and it was it was killing me because I knew like you know you give people a drug with a listed side effect of causing suicide and boom, imagine that we now have a suicide epidemic in our military and veteran populations, primarily affecting those who've taken this drug. You know, and that's just killing me because I I almost killed myself so many times because of fucking this shit so yeah anyway sorry about the language um, no not at all the uh so i i realized okay we're running against brick, brick wall with the government and veterans affairs you know everything we're just running the brick wall so how can we affect change with this okay if we're not going to get the government to stand up and go oh hey we might have we, we might have we have a problem here we might have exposed people to uh just like agent orange drug. Yeah, we we might have exposed people. Uh, if you've been had mefloquid and you have the following symptoms, please contact the Veterans Affairs Hospital. We'll have a clinic or staff, someone there to help you uh, to give you a proper diagnosis, so you can get a proper diagnosis, so you get proper, safe, effective health or treatment. Pardon me. That never happened. That's what I was hoping to happen, but that never happened. So, what's the alternative? Well, okay, if we can't get the government to acknowledge, let's we got to reach the individuals. So that started me on a <laughs> social media blitz where I'd go on to uh, veteran, different veteran websites right around North America. And I'd start talking about mefloquine poisoning, describing my symptoms and stuff. And then after a while, you know, I uh, you get people responding and then you'd uh, establish one-on-one -on -one dialogue with these people. And I've got a counterpart down the States, uh, uh, retired Commander Bill Minofsky. He's uh, he sort of guided me on how to do this, and okay. uh, uh, he kicks me Canadian veterans. I reach out to him, and I kick American veterans. I reach out to him, and we just sort of try and get the guys going in the right direction for treatment and stuff like that. And by going on these different uh, websites and Facebook pages and stuff like that, you you. Uh, you, we're actually reaching people, and at the end, at, and I, every single person I say the same thing to them is the only thing I ask of you is you reach out to the people that you were deployed with uh, and share this information. And through this, like, uh, knock on, you know, I I reach one person, that re person reached two people, you know, one of those guys reaches two people, you know, through that. Uh, branching out effects we we've uh we've got we've reached a lot of people who are some you know, of the loudest and most effective advocates for quinism right now uh there's so many like it's we've got so many people that have emerged and, and here's the thing you, with with the advocacy 
you got to keep in mind that like I'm poisoned. I, I'm not doing well. A lot, a lot of the people that are stepping up going, Hey, there's a problem are poisoned. So what we're finding is it's, 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 it's like uh, hurting gophers. It's next to impossible. So yeah. what we're finding is everyone does their own thing in their own way at their own speed. And there are so many advocates out there that are now stepped up that are helping carry the burden. Like we got Sean Arnst and Mike Rood, you know, with his cross Canada tour. We got, you know, Bruce Gibbon, John Kennedy, John Dow, March Matchy, you know, Scott Smith's mom, Val. Like we've got so many wives now that are stepping up and going, Oh shit. I, my husband doesn't have PTSD. This is why he's raging. You know, he's, he's got a brain injury and, you know, and it's, and it's very, very heartwarming to see that, you know, just by telling someone that they're not crazy and they have a physical injury and this is what they can do to mitigate some of the symptoms so they can at least have some semblance of a normal life and relationship, you know, like you're saving families, you're saving, you know, stopping suicides in a positive way, you know. And well, that's a big, big hard. part of Operation Tango Romeo, Dave, is yep. when people hear themselves through the story of others, they go, yep. oh, I, it's not just me. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Well, yep. all right. And there's something very healing about that connection and knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. So you mentioned something that we have to discuss, how to tell if you have methylacrine poison. Okay. And it's very, very straightforward. Number one, symptomatic exposure. Did you have the adverse reactions to the drug when you were taking it? Number two, how are your guts? Are you having the loose stool? Are you having acid reflux? Are you having severe constipation issues? You know, uh, any of the above three or a combination of any two of them, you know, <laughs> or even all, I've got one guy that's got bounces from severe uh, loose stool to severe constipation where his bowels actually uh, get impacted. Um, you know, like, uh, so the gastrointestinal issues, balance and dizziness. This is the a little bit more subtle because our bodies uh, will adjust to it. Are, are you in a, somewhere where you can sort of stand with your back into a corner? You have a clear corner in your room. No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my studio at the moment, so I'm, I'm snuggled okay. up to the microphone. Uh, I, okay, I will describe a test that uh, you try there later, Mark, after we're done. It's called a Romberg test. And what you do is you back yourself into a corner, leave about two inches off each shoulder, okay? And then what you do is you cross one foot over the other, your hands cross over your chest, hands flat on opposite shoulders, tilt your head back, close your eyes, and count out loud to 30. Most people cannot get past four or five. Some guys can't even get to one. Some guys can't even put their heads back without falling over. And then after you're done, Mark, if your wife has not had a concussion or uh, 
been on mefloquine, get her to try the test. A healthy person with a healthy vestibular system, they will do this test and they won't wobble, they won't weave, they won't bob, they're perfectly, they'll stand perfectly still. And that's called a Romberg test? A Romberg test. It's a, it's a, can you you spell Romberg for me? R-O-M-B-E-R-G. There's different versions of the Romberg test. This is the version that was uh, related to me by Bill Minoski. And I find it's the most effective version of the test because it shows instantly even people with mild mefloquine poisoning, it'll, it'll, it picks it up right away. Oh, I'm definitely going to try that later because it, it was getting passed around uh, like candy, though. There weren't a lot of people that were partaking of it. Okay, so we have uh, the vestibular injury. We have tinnitus. Uh, there's tinnitus usually, and usually with, with related to mefloquine poison, the volume of your tinnitus will go up when you have a lot of neural inflammation. So there's a lot of swelling around the damage. Okay, uh, you have uh, vision issues. Uh, we have there's issues with uh, sensitivity to lights. There's uh, Difficulty focusing where the eyes won't focus together. Uh, another thing people run into is they can't uh, look up, stand up straight, look up and to the left or right. Like try and do that. And that relates to the, the actual muscle control of the eyes and, that, and that'll, that'll cause issues right there. Uh, so vision issues. We have peripheral nervous system damage. And what we're finding is is there's two types of tests done to check for uh, nerve damage. There's the large uh, nerve fiber and the spine nerve fiber. What the mefloquine damaging damage causes is damage to the fine nerve fiber. Okay, so if you go and do the nerve fiber testing, and they just say they're doing the large nerve fiber testing, tell them. Uh, request to do the small or the fine nerve fiber testing, and that's where the damage will show up, be visible. won't be visible in the large uh, fiber. Uh, there's uh, oh, uh, body temperature regulation issues. I just had it actually the other day. I was sitting in my truck. Uh, it's baking hot outside, so I had the AC on. It was cranked. And I was, I just randomly started sweating. Literally, I was like the roots of my hair were sweating. The, the toe, my toes were soaked with sweat. It was, I was just like literally sitting in my truck doing nothing with the air conditioning blasting. I was just soaked with sweat. And this happens periodically all the time. Sounds, sounds like menopause. Yep. Uh, at menopause, I used to have menopause at 28 years old. I would wonder why I'd have to go back to the barracks and change my uniform because I was literally soaked head to toe with sweat. And I look around and I'm the only one sweating. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the fuck? You know? So there's that. There's uh, another thing people suffer from is aphasia. And what aphasia is, and again, remember what mefloquine poisoning is. It's damage to the brainstem, which is communication between your brain and your body and your body and the brain. So You've got a thought and you're, you're trying to say something, right? But where the wiring that controls your tongue and your lips and everything that actually forms words, you, you, you can't get the words out. 
aphasia. Okay. There's also, uh, oh, there's a whole ton of stuff here. Uh, oh, uh, we'll talk about mood moderation issues. Uh, uh, people that have been poisoned by methylamine struggle with depression. Okay, and where the depression related to methylene comes from is usually related to the gastrointestinal issues, because the majority of the chemicals, nutrients, we'll call it fuel that your brain needs to function, you know, like serotonin, that comes yeah. from your digestive system. For example, serotonin, it's produced in your guts, it adheres to your platelets, and when it travels through your bloodstream, when it passes through your brain, the serotonin is depositing your brain and if you're shitting six or seven times a day the resident time of what you're eating is not long enough in your digestive system for your body to extract all the chemicals and nutrients it needs to build things like serotonin so dave okay? uh, back to uh progress on uh for help like is is there a light at the end of the tunnel here that you've been seeing has there been progress in the oh, world yeah. of meth no, well well the, well the thing is by reaching all these veterans right across north america canada europe australia by reaching all these veterans and get interconnected with other veterans what we're now creating is a network of healthcare providers that are aware of what methylene poisoning is so when uh, an individual walks into their office, it's not like the doctor's looking at you. Oh, you're you're trying to tell my my six years of medical school, and you're telling trying to tell me what's that you, you what's wrong with you. And it's, that's not happening now. We now have healthcare providers across Canada, primarily psychologists, because I refuse to talk to psychiatrists. Psychiatrists go pound salt. Fuck, I can't. I'm so sick of those fucking guys. Um, it's primarily psychologists that deliver Loretta neurofeedback that are aware of what methylene poisoning is, the physical damage caused by it, and they will give uh, directed treatments that will, number one, eradicate the depression, improve your mood management, improve your sleep, and improve your digestion. Are there any clinics that a person can look up or go to or yes. uh, 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 resources? Actually, I Actually, just to give you an example, uh, we had a clinic in Calgary. Uh, let me just pull up the name of it uh, the other day that actually reached out and was inquiring about methylene poisoning. Uh, okay. Lovely young lady. Uh, I like when people do that. Uh, Foothills Inter Integrative Psychology and Neurotherapy. There's the latest. Uh, Okay, that was a that that was broken up a little bit. Can you say that one again, please? Oh yeah, uh, Foothills Integrative Psychology and Neurotherapy. Foothills Integrative Psychology and Neurotherapy. And neurotherapy, and that's in Calgary. That's uh, the latest one to jump on the uh, the Methylquin, uh, uh people that like doctors that actually reached out and go, hey, what's up with this methylquin poisoning? So they're the latest. We've got Dr. Zakuski in Edmonton. We've got uh, Susan Brock in uh, Victoria. We've got Dr. Darcy Helmer in uh, Saskatoon. We've got uh, Kingston Institute of uh, Psychologists 
K, it's called KIPN, and they have uh, uh, places in Peterborough, Kingston, and I believe Trenton. And these are all, they are all now aware of mefloquine poisoning and what it is and what sort of treatments to deliver. Uh, there's various places in, uh, there's only one place in Toronto, and I'm sorry, I can't, that name's escaping me right now. That's right. But Dave, we're at time, brother. And oh, uh, okay. I, I thank you so much. You've done a fantastic job of going through the who, what, where, when, why, and how and providing resources. Mefflin poisoning is a serious, serious deal. And I'm so glad to finally have you on here. We'll be sharing this on all the channels that I have access to. Please share the show on your channels as well. Sure. And uh, stay on the line. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Tamara Recovery Podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. 